In the words of Ray LaMontagne, often quoted from pulpits, that's a joke, he's a singer, <laughs> trouble, 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 been dogging my soul since the day I was born. Worry, 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 just will not seem to leave my mind alone. Trouble, oh trouble, 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 trouble. Feels like every time I get back on my feet, she come around and knock me down again. Worry, oh worry, 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 worry. Sometimes I swear it feels like this worry is my only friend. When I first read this passage of scripture, the first verse got me. When it said, after he said this, Jesus was troubled, troubled in his spirit. And it just connected in a way of uh, his humanity, in a way I'd never really thought about before, but here was God of all creation in human form, and he was troubled in spirit. I don't know how John knew it that wrote this. Um... There must have been something about his face, something about his demeanor, something about the way he was carrying himself, the tone in his voice. It was enough that he wrote those words, Jesus was troubled in spirit. I venture to say there's not a person in this room that knows, doesn't know what that feels like, may have not felt it today. You've been troubled in your spirit. Maybe it's You've had a half a day at work, so uh, surely something has come across your plate today that's been challenging, been a struggle, uh, been a source of frustration. The general busyness of life we get into where we end up feeling like we're mediocre in most things and we have misplaced priorities. Maybe it's family, you've got a child struggling, making bad decisions, you've got broken relationships. Jesus was troubled in his spirit. We often kind of just put on a smile and carry it, right? I and mean, we all come in, we smile, we shake hands. All of us are bringing something, brought something to this room, to this church today that's troubling your spirit. I thought about Jacob. You remember the story of Jacob? Joseph, remember his brother sold him into slavery? And, uh, and you know, it's a fantastic story. He ends up kind of the number two leader in Egypt. And his brothers end up in a famine in, in, in God's country. And they come down and ends up Joseph is the one that can help them. They don't know it's him yet. Uh, long story short, he says, leave one of your brothers here. Go back and get your other brother. Prove to me these things. They go back to Jacob, the patriarch. And they tell him, well, let's send me in down there. And he wants us to bring Benjamin back. And if you remember Jacob's response, it was, you've deprived me of my children. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And now you want to take Benjamin? And he said, everything is against me. We move forward because we know somebody's probably got it worse than us, really. But there are times in life where trouble and worry gets the best of us. And that's where Jacob was. He's like, hey, I'm done. I just feel like everything in life is against me. I've been there. It reminds me of Harry and Lloyd. Y'all know Dumb and Dumber. Don't act like you don't. <laughs> Remember what, what they said? Uh... Life was not going so great for them. They said, we got no food. We got no money. Or no job. 
and our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> and I was thinking this week, you know, just the last couple of weeks, they've been there, you got the things, just they start piling up, the washing machine breaks down, you know, we've got a, a five-month-old, uh, a new baby in the house, uh, got a nine-year-old, the stomach virus went around, she had the flu, found out. Uh, she had flu type A. We found out she'd be going to school and telling everybody she had hepatitis A. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, if you get to school and all the kids are transferred out of your class, because you're telling everybody you've got hepatitis flu, maybe it's flu, hep influenza type A. There's three truths in this passage about trouble. Jumped out to me with Jesus. The first one is he knew it was coming. He knew it was coming. He wasn't surprised in that first verse. He said, very truly, I tell you, somebody's going to betray me. Yeah, even though he's God and he knows all and he knows <coughs> all, he's still human. And he, he knows what it feels like to be betrayed. Um, but I'll say this, it didn't surprise him. God has never been surprised. The call you got, the text you got, that brought on the trouble today was no surprise to God. The other disciples were surprised. Why? Because this guy, Judas, was uh, he was in charge of the money. Point taken. Don't trust the treasurer. Uh, um, and so they're looking. This is probably the one they trusted the most. They put him in charge of the money. They would have been surprised Jesus was not. We need to pray for God's wisdom, discernment in situations. Jesus was not surprised. The second truth I see here is it says after Satan entered Judas, um, remember what Jesus looked at him and said, do what you're going to do and do it quickly. So one, Jesus knew the trouble was coming, what it was going to be. Two, it took direction from him. <laughs> When we get in the midst, when we get to where Jacob was and we're saying, everything's against me and we feel like things are spinning out of control. They're not. They absolutely were not here. God was still in complete control. He never lost control. The third truth is that uh, trouble in this story had an eternal purpose. To get to the last verses, verses 31 and 32, it says, When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. We find that God can even use trouble for good. And he had eternal purpose here. This, had, this plan had to play forth for you and I to have hope in this world. It was not just about that day or that moment, but it was about 2,000 years later and this group of people sitting in this building. It had eternal purpose. I thought about the verse from 1 Peter where Peter's writing. He says, if need be for right now, in this moment, in this season... You're going to face all kinds of trials and tests. And he said, you're going to face them because the most important thing, what's your priority in your life? What should be priority in your life? He said, the most important thing is your faith. 
You're being tested. You're in trouble. You're worried. Because your faith is the most important thing. It's more precious than gold because eventually that fades away. We find that God is always working with an eternal perspective. He's thinking about eternity when we only see snapshots of situations. We only see today and the past, but God's got the big picture. Beautiful thing is even if you bring trouble on yourself, nobody in here has ever done that, but even in positions and times when you brought the trouble on yourself, God's redemption and grace is always there. For that, I'm thankful. So here Jesus is. He's in the midst. He's in a troubled spirit, and we see how he responds. He responds by facing it head on. He responds in humility, in commitment, in obedience. <clears throat> In service. Great examples of how we should respond. But we often do the different. I often do the opposite. Um, you know, when you get in those moments, it's easy to resort to fear instead of faith. Uh, when things feel uncertain and things are spinning out of control, you become complacent or you become fearful. And it kind of freezes you. Uh, had it happened to me several different times. I was going into one situation, and uh, and I was thinking, you know, it was a, many of you know where I work and what I do. We had a big meeting coming up, hundreds of people coming, and I remember telling my wife leading up to it, I was uh, I was nervous, and I, I remember saying, uh, "There's so many things out of my control here. Uh, I like if, if I can have control of things, I feel better, right? There's so many things out of my control. I don't know if I can pull this off." I remember telling her that, and uh, she just looked at me and said, well, maybe you're not the one that needs to pull it off. <laughs> and it reminded me that everything's out of my control is within his. And uh, I've tried to be committed to, uh, to God for, for uh, to be committed to give my effort, my energy, my all. And service and change and love and and hope uh, and trust him for the victory. It's a different approach than thinking it's all on your shoulders or my shoulders because it's not. It's really on his. And the problem with trolls we go on defense and we become to begin become content. We become uh, the Christian. Somebody I talked to the other day. I said, "Where do you see yourself in five years?" Uh, and they said, I'm just trying to get to Friday. <laughs> and we all laugh because we're there. We're, just, we're not thinking about it. We're just trying to get, oh, it's Wednesday. I'm trying to get to Friday. That's not where God called us to. But the devil can get us there. And when he does, we miss the big picture. Because I thought about the armor of God, and I realized it's not... It's not, it's not all about defense. It's not intended for the sidelines. It's intended for the battlefield. He said we're in a spiritual warfare. And on the battlefield there will be trouble. <coughs> I close with this verse, Romans 8.31. 
If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised alive, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Listen to this. Shall trouble? Or hardship? Or persecution? Or famine? Or nakedness? Or danger? Or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In the midst of trouble, let's remember this this morning that God is never surprised. He's always in control. And He always has an eternal purpose. God, we come to you this morning as we prepare to close in this uh, third day of worship as we celebrate Holy Week. <coughs> And Lord, what it means to us, not just to study and understand the facts, but to realize it is real and applicable in our life today. God, I just pray today that uh, every Christian in this room, that we could walk out of here, Lord, with, with courage to face the trouble in our spirit today, the things that are just eating at us, the things that are trying to beat us down and take us Take us out of your will and, out, and remove our focus from your work and who we're supposed to be in you. Lord, let us face it with courage. Let us not move to the sidelines. Let us not move in fear. Let us live out in faith. Let us trust you. Let us appreciate you. Let us be like Peter and find joy in these moments on this side of heaven. To know it's not going to be easy, but to push through and persevere and be like Paul that said, One thing I do. Forget what's behind me and I press on. God, let us face uncertainty and, and, and with an open mind and know that in uncertainty that gives you the potential to do anything. And let us trust you in that and in your will. God, I'm thankful to be reminded this morning that you not you did not just that Jesus did not just face physical torture as he prepared for the cross, but mental, emotional struggles that we all go with every day, you can relate. You know the feelings of betrayal, loneliness. God, thank you for being there with us in those moments. God, we pray you bless this food today, you bless the rest of this week, you bless all the churches and people. Lord, from those that cooked and greeted and printed papers and got this together. God, we love to see the unity of your people. We just pray you continue to bless it and grow it. Uh, we thank you for all your blessings. Bless the food. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.